Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit, to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. My name is Ramon Chavez, and alongside me is Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? I'm not too bad. Looking forward to a busy, busy week. Another East Coast trip, eh? Always fun, always fun, right? Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. Um, a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's always a busy week uh, in USL and soccer overall. So we're definitely going to touch on what happened on Saturday against El Paso Locomotive. Obviously, uh, a 1-0 loss at home, their third consecutive home loss, which is never a good thing to see. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened post-game um, and during halftime, because apparently there was some, some stuff going on there with the El Paso uh, coaching crew as well. So Definitely going to talk about that. Um, some uh, updates from today's press conference. Owen's going to fill us in on that. And some big news around the USL. It's it's never a dull week or day or even hour in the USL. So there's always something to talk about. So definitely going to talk about that as well. Um, and, of course, we got to touch on the World Cup because the World Cup field is set. We got some games today. And so we're going to fill you guys in on that as well. All right, Owen. Um Man, uh, I don't even know how to begin because it's. I feel like we've been on this kind of like downward spiral when it comes to rising. Obviously, one game at least out of their control, but the rest of the games is just it's just tough to see. And we experienced that on Saturday. So uh, just to fill everybody in, 14 games so far rising has played during the season. They're seven and seven. Not a position uh, that a lot of fans, uh, players, and coaching staff are accustomed to seeing their team in. They're uh, twenty-one point. They have twenty-one points right now, seventh in the Western Conference, literally in in the brink of missing the playoff if it were uh, to start today. And one of the big statistics that I found really interesting was three goals in their last five games. So taking all that into account, Owen, how are you feeling right now? I don't think anyone can really feel good looking at what they're doing at the moment, can they? Mm-hmm. Look, again, I, and we said this before, I'm sure it was the third straight home loss, which is the first time that's happened since 2016. Yeah. Since the Arizona United days. So it's really not great to watch that. I I feel as though, in general, the chances, we've spoken about chance creation and all of that. Mm-hmm. There have been times when they're not clinical, which we saw, for example, Joey Kalistri on the weekend, very much not clinical. Two really clear-cut chances that he probably mm-hmm. should have put one of them away. Yeah. But beyond that, though, you just look at it and feel like even when chances are being created, are they always the best chances? Mm-hmm. Are they quite finding those you know, high-probability opportunities that, that they're not putting away? Well, again, there were a couple on Saturday, but not necessarily as many as we've been used to seeing out of a a Phoenix Rising team that typically goes out and just utterly dominates the league for the regular season. Mm -hmm. I I mean, even beyond that, look, at the last three games, uh, the last three home games, that is, um, when you look at them and and you say, okay, Tampa Bay Rowdies, you might lose to them. The nature of that loss did not really do anybody, uh, did not do Rick or the players any favours in terms of how popular they are right now, but yeah, those last two games, Birmingham Legion, El Paso Locomotive, those aren't games that at home you should be losing. Those mm-hmm. are games that you have to at least take one point from. But realistically, I think that anything short of four points over these last two games uh, would have been a, a failure, really. 
Yeah, um, no, definitely. And you touched on that on Saturday that the, this early pa- uh, part of the schedule for Rising is very home friendly. A lot of home games here, but they're losing these games, and it's really hard to make up points. And especially, for example, this weekend, uh, it's a it's a travel week. It's an East Coast game. It's not going to be an easy flight. Uh, not going to be an, an easy game. We'll talk about louder in a, in a little bit, but these are the points that you don't want to be losing, especially at home, because now you have to make up that ground on the road. And so you're going to be facing teams like Louisville, Memphis, teams that are the cream of the crop of the Eastern Conference, and those are not going to be easy games for Rising for sure. Um, you know what? Stats, actually, yeah. let's let's hop on that. With it. it's, it's tough, two tough games coming up, obviously, in terms of an East Coast trip to Loudon, where you'd say realistically mm-hmm. Loudon are not one of this league's best teams by any stretch of the imagination, even though they shocked us at the start of the year. <laughs> However, it's still an East Coast trip, so it's difficult. Then you've mm-hmm. got to go to Vegas. How many points? There are six points on the table over these next two games. What do you think, at least, Ramon, here, is the minimum, minimum that they have to come back with for this trip to be considered any kind of success? I just want to point out that Edwin, Edwin is on the chat. <laughs> yeah, actually, since you left us, the team has been on a downward spiral. So we're going to blame you, actually. Uh, shout out to Michael and, and Josh. But I mean, to answer your question, Owen, I mean, I was talking about 12 points, man. Like, and look where we are right now. So as far as I think Loudon is a must win game. That's a, one of the questions that I had for you uh, later on was, is this Loudon trip a must win for rising? And I think definitely it is. They need to have a great result. If they come out, they squeak by with a one zero win or a two one. I would not be happy with that result. They need to go out there and score some goals, get that confidence going, because once they head, head to Vegas, Vegas is not that team of old. They, uh, Danny Trejo, Cal Jennings, they continue to make their mark on that, uh, on that team. And so it's going to be a tough time for the defense. And if they, if they're not clicking, I feel like that's just going to be another loss on their, uh, on their record. So minimum four points, but what I'm seeing is three points. I think they're, regardless, they're going to lose in Vegas. I don't think they're, they're coming in uh, at a good time or facing them at a good time, but I, I think minimum, they need to get four points out of these next two games. See, I think that the form, the form that we've seen in recent games really has meant that anything less, at least from my perspective on this, than four points out of six is an mm-hmm. abject failure mm. on this road trip. I yeah. feel as though we have now hit that point whereby Rising must win at least one and must draw the other of these two games to come away with their heads held high. I don't think that a loss on this trip as difficult as it might be at times, is really acceptable and really will, you know, help them pick up the pieces of a season that already feels as though it's starting to fall off a bit. I mean, look at it this way. Tomorrow, if one of those... There are two games in there where if Oakland wins or if LA Galaxy wins, Rising will finish below the play or be below the playoff line tomorrow Mm -hmm. night. Um, I mean, if both of them win, Rising down to ninth... Yeah, I don't want Rising to be in that position because now you're looking at other teams. You're not controlling your own destiny. And that's not a position uh, as a team that you want to be in because now you're playing for results. You're not playing your game. You're trying to squeak by with the wind. You're not trying to play your game. And and I think that's just – it's more of a detriment to them now because not – I feel like the the team and the coaching staff is already kind of in their head about we should play the right way. We should be making these uh, these chances count. And if you add, let's look behind us and see where Oakland or Galaxy is doing, that puts even more pressure on the team and the coaching staff to perform. And I think the way they're performing this season, that may just, you know, 
get them off the railroads and, and just continue to, to not get those results they need. So I, I don't, I don't want to be doing that or Horizon shouldn't be doing that. And I fear, I think, looking ahead, you know, the reason why these these games, you've got to take points from them. You can't be losing some of these games on the road. Is that what have they got down the road? They've got Louisville. They've got Memphis. They've still got to play Sacramento. They've still got to play Colorado Springs. All of these teams that are, look, Rising managed to get it done against San Antonio somehow, six points out of six. Yeah, But there are tough games on the horizon, including, mm-hmm. as I said, two of the top teams in the East that you have to go away to. And actually, yeah. that's coming up very soon. Both of those games are next month. Mm-hmm. So time is of the essence. You've got to start racking up those points because there are going to be games coming up soon whereby you might have to accept that they're not going to come away with anything. And now that you're mentioning those July games, just a little heads up for everybody. So rising uh, face off against Orange County at the beginning of the month. Travel to Memphis, travel to Louisville, uh, host Sacramento, Oakland, Colorado. That is murderer's row. That's that is not an great. insane, um, like, uh, uh, like team-wise, like that is an insane amount of teams that Rising will be facing. So is July a make or break month for Rising? Like, is that, like, I, I'm kind of just like shook right now by looking at that schedule. What's remarkable about this is I was speaking with another reporter who covers this team and we were saying that June was the make or break month because July is going to be so tough. Mm. You know, this is the month where they had to get it done. And the problem is that they haven't been. Mm -hmm. So really, when you look at it, it's it's tough. It's an uphill battle from here. For sure. For sure. I do want to shout out everybody in the comments. Josh, thank you for making it to a live show. I always love Josh. He's always one of the the. Uh, phnx uh fans on these oh i was him on twitter uh, instagram wherever you you can find uh josh is there uh michael edwin of course hope you're doing well edwin I haven't talked to you in a minute but uh he's talking about actually actually leaving dynamo uh, dynamo and go to rising so <laughs> uh speaking of the mexican team they're tied against jamaica 1-1 uh lambert having a good game they're playing over there in kingston uh bonnie thomas shout out to all of you guys always always happy to have you here um let's talk a little bit more about the game on saturday uh owen i felt like rising played decently in the first half they were making i i felt like had good quality chances if you look at the statistics uh ball possession definitely skewed a little bit more towards el paso side uh but at the end of the game 14 total shots for rising three shots on target for them uh only two for el paso but and and i kind of felt that while i was watching the game that i felt el paso just couldn't really crack through the the midfield and the defense are rising uh or if they were they weren't creating really that chances i know there was one that that one off the post but besides that i really didn't feel like they were that dangerous um something more i felt had one of his better games and it, it's just one of those things where it's like at least rising should have been able to get one point out of that game but they weren't able to, and and that's not like them. They typically come back uh, if they if they're down, especially at home. But how did you feel about that game? And and do you feel like they should have at least gotten gotten at least one point? I feel as though yes is the answer, simply because some of those attempts should have been put away. Um, mm-hmm. How I I will say on the other end though, we can talk about the fact that El Paso weren't necessarily as much of an attacking threat as quite we expected but then you have to remember that they had no diego luna they mm-hmm. had no luis solignac who was off on for personal reasons yeah um you know by the end of the game they actually put, brought a couple of teenagers off the bench i was gonna say that like, they had a 16 and 15 year old towards the end of the game yeah that's yeah that's the team that we're coming up against this wasn't an el paso side that 
was completely stacked with all of their best players. You know, yeah. they had a couple of guys missing. So I think in that sense, they were a smarter team, perhaps at times. Um, they got their goal. And at the end of the day, rising just wasn't up to it. And look, at the end of the day, I mean, I know we can talk about the foul and the red card and all of those things. There is nothing from watching it back that convinces me that the decision that was made was egregiously wrong in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though contact, and for those of you who, who aren't certain on this, for example, when you have a hold, a holding offense, you, you, everyone knows about how advantage works, right? You know, a foul takes place, but if it's still to your advantage to keep playing, the referee just, you see the two arms go up or, or one arm as it is now, and, and they play on with the advantage. Well, that same principle applies to a holding foul, Mm. okay you apply the advantage principle through and then if there's still that kind of contact going on when he gets into the penalty area now you've got a penalty kick and not a free kick outside so if it continues in it's still a penalty um a lot of people were talking about the or i know Devin kerr at least was talking about the the full considerations that go into whether it should be a red card and other people were asking about i thought it was a yellow if it's in the penalty area two key things on there number one the downgrade to a yellow only happens if it's an attempt to play the ball. In mm-hmm. this case, Manuel Madrid is grabbing the guy. Uh, it's not an attempt yeah. to play the ball. Um, and number two, the the considerations you've got, is he likely to get possession or maintain possession? To me, watching that, yes. Yes, he was. Um, mm-hmm. Ben Lunt was not going to get anywhere near that ball if you imagine that Manuel Madrid isn't there and not fouling the guy. Um, and then, on the other hand, is it? it's a, you know, ignore what was said on Twitter about is he going towards the goal? That's not the exact uh, consideration. The consideration is general direction of play, which in Mm -hmm. this case is going towards the goal. If you presume that he wins that ball before the angle is too tight, which it's a toss up, but I can live with it. Yeah. Looking back at the replay, I've at the moment, I thought it was at least a yellow, but yeah, I could definitely see why it was a red. Uh, definitely <laughs> rising fans made their feelings known on social media. I got got a kick out of seeing some of those comments, but I, I it, what bothered me most about that red card was not the fact that it was given. It was the fact that after that red card was issued, rising elevated their urgency to play. And yeah, they, that's what they should have done. But where was that the entire game? Why do you have to wait until you're a man down? And 10, five minutes left in the game to say, you know what, let's just go for it. And I think that's what bothered me. And, and that, I think that kind of falls down more on the coaching than the players themselves. But it's like, wh- where's that urgency during <laughs> the 90 minutes of play? Why do you need to go down a goal and and then uh, also lose a man to, to play like that? So and not only that, but you show that you can play it. So why isn't it applied consistently throughout the game? That, those, that's, those are my, my main questions. You, you tell me. You tell me. I, I have no idea what it is that, for whatever reason, sparked the kind of reaction that it did from that red card that just wasn't there prior. Because, look, yeah. this isn't as though this team is lacking for motivation. It's not as though they have struggled, you know, as we often see with rising teams. They get towards the end of the season, and you're trying to talk about, okay, what adversity? What are they? What is actually facing them that's going to be? the challenge to pick themselves up, to motivate themselves to play, in which case a red card could be the case. What we're talking about this season is just the team that has really struggled to hit form. They did so for a period in April when they were pretty much home for the whole month. 
and mm-hmm. um, they haven't done it ever since. They weren't doing it before, so there shouldn't really be any lack of adversity to motivate them right now because what have they proven this season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I th- I think the tipping point, you know, was was that Galaxy trip, the the one to California, which I had. I got to experience, <laughs> but yeah, you just, you just see a, a, a team that's for stretches of time, they're dominant. They, 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 you know, connect that chemistry is, you can see it on the field, but then you have the other side of things where you have those results against galaxy against Tampa Bay. And, and I'm not going to count the New Mexico one, but it's, it's like, we know this team can do a lot better, but it's not there. And, and this is what we've been talking about the entire uh, season. So it's nothing new. Uh, oh, and let's move on and talk about, uh, well, I'll ask you how you want to do. Do you want to talk about the post game show, or do you want uh, the post game uh, reaction from Rick, or do you want to maybe talk about what happened during halftime? Because I know there were some issues between uh, Babu Karanjai and a, a player or something. I don't know if you can explain a little bit more about what happened uh, at halftime. Sure. So I can I can give you a bit of info on that from what Rick told us today. So by the sound of things, the reason Babu Karanjai came off uh, in the second half, he'd been showing with some swelling. It wasn't great because at halftime there'd been an incident whereby he'd been knocked over in the tunnel by one of the El Paso players. Uh, the result is is that he kind of cut his knee uh, on some kind of rocks, gravel, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what that kind of surface is yeah. down there. It's effectively gravel with like a, a carpet just kind of down the middle of it. So pretty rough surface to fall on. Um, it caused a lot of a frustration on rising side they wanted people on the well, they wanted referees to get involved and ultimately nothing really happened there from what i gather now the league are looking at it um is what what rick said uh but after the game kind of things just came to a bit of a head you had an el paso coach there you had uh bobby dooley going at it with him um, and that was that was what we witnessed. It was it was right next to where the backdrop had been set up for us to do the media availability, mm-hmm. and and Rick was just kind of inserting himself into the middle of that, and I think trying to defuse the situation a little bit. Um, it, it just kind of capped off what was a really weird post game that day, didn't it? Yeah, and that's what I was uh, going to tell you is like I think it's kind of piecing together why Rick took so long to come out and face the media, and ultimately a lot of the media members ended up taking off early. Uh, but I was unaware of this incident in, in the tunnel. So, and that's if with context now, it explains a lot. And and you know, adding the the loss on top of it, and and what happened in the tunnel, I can definitely see Rick and and why he needed that time to speak to the players. And to to Michael's point here, that's actually a, a really good point, which is after that incident happens at halftime why isn't that the turning point why did it take a red card for them to kick it up a notch why didn't they see what had happened to babu and why didn't that you know kind of rile them up yeah get it sorted uh i i really don't know i i can't explain that one um it just feels as though something for whatever reason is missing um and it's like that fire, that it's leadership tough. to say, you know, let's let's go and get this. Let's go kick their butts. You know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, moving on a little bit here. Uh, Post game, you know, we talked about it a little bit already. But as a media member, Owen, you you know, you're used to Rick just facing, you know, the media right away after the games. But what was what was going on through your head? when you were kind of just standing around and I'm setting up for a post game show and I'm just kind of seeing you guys just uh, lurking around the backdrop. So what was going on through your head when, when he wasn't showing up and they kept telling you, Hey, maybe a few more minutes, what was going on? I feel as though we kind of went through all of that on Saturday night, didn't we? (laughs) Um, We did see a lot of that. And I will, 
I will say that I'll apologize to Rick for the comments on that uh, post-game show because he did, of course, come out afterwards. And mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, I was able to speak to him. I was able to walk through the kind of questions that we had about that game. And, and you know, it, from, from what he said, it was literally just that they were in there. They had a pretty frank meeting, a pretty pointed meeting, let's say, between yeah. players, between... Uh, between the staff as well in there and and all ultimately agreed that they had to kind of look in the mirror and start taking a bit more accountability that, you know, they can't really keep going on like they are right now. Some Mm -hmm. of the guys who stepped up in that one, Aidan Quinn apparently stepped up and was pretty frank with the group, uh, as was Ben Lunt. Um, It's, he feels, uh, what he told us was that the reaction to that had actually been pretty good, that, you know, they seem to have picked up the intensity from that. And actually, you know what? On that note, we do actually have a uh, clip of him talking about how the reaction has been to that meeting. So let's go ahead and take a look at that. We trained Monday night um, and the guys that played 60 minutes just had kind of a recovery session. But their focus, the the player meeting that we had was very, it's time to look in the mirror um, and it's time to kind of, you know, understand and assess what's going on right now and, and what changes have to be made. Um, I met with the staff. I met with a lot of players individually yesterday and again today uh, to explain the changes that I'll be making for this week um, and to simplify things a little bit um, because now it's time for us to, you know, play the guys that we trust, the guys that love the club, the guys that care about, you know, the fans and and the badge and and that have that kind of integrity and work ethic. Um, It doesn't matter how much money you're making. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, all of that, none of it matters. And and it's only about what you're going to do today. Um, And I think it's been really good for all of us. You know, I met with our staff and, I simplified their roles and, and told them to sim, you know, just to focus on one thing in their role. Um, and, and I think it's going to be good, you know, um, in these times, like I said, uh, on Instagram, you know, it's our greatest glory is, is not in falling. It's, it's when we get up and how many times we, we respond to, to falling and, uh, rather than put our heads down and be negative, it's time to, inspire and push and and you know um other coaches around the league have reached out and they're like listen it's just everyone's waiting for phoenix to turn it around and and to get it going in the right direction and and they think that we still have the talent we still have a good group we've been playing you know well enough but too many little mistakes and and um i think those little mistakes are going to be fixed with accountability so just one thing to note actually out of that clip, of course, was the talk about how they need to start playing the guys that they trust, that, that care about the club and the badge and all of that. And to me, here's the thing. That's an implication that there are players who that doesn't apply to. Yeah. So my question then is who? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to start pointing out players, but I feel like Rick kind of is pointing at at certain players uh especially the the part where he's like i don't know how i don't care how much money you've made i don't know where i, I don't care how much where you played and that kind of you know points to certain people so it's it's i i understand what he means by it but i feel calling out players like that is not the move right now 
Because if you're talking about accountability and everyone being together and, and working together, I don't think that's the road you want to kind of go down to, especially if you're going to alienate players by saying those sort of things. That's that's just my opinion, just look, just uh, hearing that. You know, I tend to agree to a, to an extent. I feel as though, look, it, it it's just something that, there, there are obviously going to be guys on there, and all of them care. All of them care. You know, don't tell me that any of those people don't want to go out there and and win mm-hmm. uh win the cup. Um, it's that's just not accurate. I don't think. Yeah. Of course, the problem then comes with who does Rick trust, and that's a different question altogether. Um, mm-hmm. I fear as well that those kind of comments, knowing that. Look, I don't feel, and and ultimately those comments kind of only underline that to an extent that the locker room is quite as united as it could be, mm-hmm. or quite as united as maybe it needs to be to get them out of this funk. And I wonder whether those kind of comments hugely help. Look, I, I understand where Rick is going with it, but I just wonder a little bit. I I just know as well that you know there I there is that little bit of a disconnect at times between different people in there, and I'm not certain whether kind of framing it in that kind of way mm-hmm. is going to be the most helpful now for the reason i'm saying that i don't like the fact that he's saying it like that is because uh on saturday after the the uh, after the game he spoke with you and he said the buck stops with him you know that it's his responsibility so now when you're kind of saying well some of the players you know need to step it up yeah and that's that's a fact but that's a conversation that that you have with your staff and the players themselves. I don't think saying it to, you know, media members like that is is helping anybody, you know, especially if on Saturday you just said, well, I'm responsible for what's going on. Does that make sense? So it, it just, like, what's the message here? That's that's what's concerning me. I agree. Um, and then there's there's the other parts of this, which Rick went on later on, uh, not in that clip, but, but in a separate part of the press conference today where he kind of admitted that, look, there have been times whereby he's almost been especially with some of the new players and chemistry not working and all of that kind of trying to take like square pegs and put them in round holes mm-hmm. and it's occurred to him now after losing three home games in a row not to just keep banging his head on the wall that they actually need to kind of put people out there as they should be put out there yeah. rather than trying to make them do things that they're not capable of doing now mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see quite what exactly that means. Of course, there was also some talk. And of course, Rick is very coy about what exactly he's going to give away as any manager would be. Um, but, you know, talk about, well, it'll be fairly obvious. You'll see who I mean when you see the lineup on the weekend. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued because... It's not the first time, of course, that we've been promised change. Um, mm-hmm. And the change hasn't necessarily been too long lasting. But I I don't know. We'll see because yeah. clearly something has to change. And I just want to provide context, too, because after the loss on Saturday, of course, I always go to the Facebook group. I don't know why it always costs to me, but that and Twitter and social why? media. And everybody why do you careful. go to the Facebook group? Because it's like so toxic. All the things you can go to. In it. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's looking like it, you get the opposite spectrums. You know, you get the, the fans that are like, hey, we lost one game. Sean's Sean's out. Like, we need him out. Hashtag Sean's out. 
I don't agree with that at all. You have the other side where it's like, hey, he's done so much for Rising. He's been here for a very long time. He's proven his worth. You know, let's let's continue to rely on him. You know, I think you need to kind of stay in the middle. You know, yes, you you need to look at what's happened in the past and kind of cut him some slack. But, um, but you you also need to look at what's going on. Musa is not a hundred percent. Quinn, uh, I think I saw on Twitter, is not playing. He's playing with an injury. He's trying to kind of you know play through that. Uh, obviously, you know, we have Lambert here on my screen right now playing against Mexico. So a very key part of, of rising is not there as well. So having those three players either absent or injured are, is definitely not helping the team gel together and build that chemistry and, and, and just play the usual rising way. So yes, the, the, the losses are tough and yes, the, the, the way that they're playing on the, on the field is not what fans are accustomed to, but I think you kind of just need to kind of center yourself if you're a rising fan and say look there's there's still plenty of games there's plenty of time to to make up that ground and you know santi's is improving week by week i i think Epps is 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 kind of work is going to work himself into who who he's been and and as long as you know they continue to work together i feel like this this team will stabilize and even rick says it like people around the league are like well what's going on with rising you know and you saw it uh, i was reading on the usl website today on the power rankings, and I know you don't really care about this, but even on the power rankings, little little uh, uh, kind of little paragraph they have is like, what's going on with Rising? They, hopefully, they can turn it up to get uh, turn it up and, and get back into form because this is strange. This is not the usual way, and so it, I feel like everyone just kind of needs to kind of relax a little bit. I've heard a, a couple of podcasts today just going off on Rising for no reason. So it's just I think everyone just needs to chill out. You know, we need to keep a, a, a cool head and the results will come. And and so and now it's hard, Owen. And I know you're kind of smirking right now, but I, it, I think they need a little bit more time. That's that's what I'm saying. If if the players can get back to 100 percent, if you, you get Lambert back for the rest of the season, which hopefully you uh, he, he'll be able to play more games. So it's you know, it, it'll happen. And I think just need to relax and see, and then the results will come. That's my opinion. You know, hopefully, you know, rising are able to prove me right, but I think everyone just kind of needs to center themselves and, and relax a bit. But I feel like there's something to be said here for the fact that where rising are at the moment mm -hmm. and how the results have gone kind of tell you something a little bit about Rick as a coach as well. Um, this is someone who, when the players are doing well, is, is good at, you know, keeping the ship steady, um, all of that. And, you know, he just, he, he manages well when they are doing well. But Rick isn't himself a tinkerer, per mm -hmm. se. He is not a tactician. Okay. He is not the guy who comes up with, I mean, he's not Pep Guardiola, right? Okay. I, I, I know we've seen him with a the book there, the little Pep book, but he, he's not Pep Guardiola. <laughs> so, it kind of shows that limitation, I feel, whereby even if some of these guys come back, what we've seen is that in times of hardship, Rick hasn't necessarily made the right adjustments. And again, he kind of admitted that today, that mm. the adjustments so far haven't been correct or, or you know, as he put it, what was it, right? Uh, square peg in round hole, right? It, it doesn't mm. work. He's been trying to do things that don't work. Now, to me, that's... It, again, it just tells you a little bit about Rick as a coach and what you can necessarily expect going forward. Because if this isn't just the personnel issue, if it turns out that there's something deeper here, my fear is is that Rick is under-equipped to kind of get this team out of the 
hole that they're currently digging for themselves. So you're um, you're attributing this to maybe the lack of maybe a, a coaching staff, another coaching staff member saying, you know, kind of maybe like a Juan Guerra that that was there before, kind of questioning some of the moves and saying, you know what, Rick, this is gonna is it gonna work because of this reason, or this is gonna work because of this reason? Do you think that's missing right now in the in that rising coaching staff? I just wonder if there are elements of that to an extent, and that's not a, a knock on the guys who are currently there, but I, I do feel as though you look at the the caliber of people that have come and gone mm-hmm. from rising in the backroom staff. Guys like, as you mentioned, Juan Guerra, who was the you know who's a Venezuelan international. Guys like Peter Ramage, who played at Newcastle and played at QPR and under some of, you know, genuinely good managers in, in the English game. Guys like Blair Gavin, who played in the top flight in this country. And they don't quite have someone like that. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, the two guys currently doing the assistant coaching uh, both came from or, or both held roles quite strongly with the academy set up there, which is good when you're trying to in- integrate kids. But this... And again, it's not to knock them. They've got experience in the professional game. It's not like mm-hmm. they've, you know, just come out of nowhere. But it's not quite the same. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, there's I there's do a big difference that. between academy and top tier English or top tier, you know, professional leagues. That's a, a big difference in that as well. Um, Owen, let's uh, let's let's cut this question short a little bit, but uh, just because we're a little bit over time right now. But uh, any updates from the press conference as far as injuries? Uh, not really. Uh, Musa shouldn't be a huge concern. They're trying to pace him a bit more. They may have to look at him getting some more time and even maybe drop to an academy game. And, and this is how Rick effectively said it. Um, and, and just get him a bit of time out on the pitch. There's some struggles in terms of just, he's kind of hitting fatigue. He's, it's a problem because of coming back from injury. Um, and once he hits that certain kind of point in the game, he knows that he can't be as explosive as he normally is mm-hmm. offensively. So that's why they're having to sub him out when they're subbing him out. Gotcha. Uh, beyond that, no, I mean, Babu's fine. Um, no updates that we'd heard on, on Channing or, or on Nile. So mm-hmm. at that point... I did point, see Nile working out, so that will tell you something. But I don't know if that... Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's get, taking the, the field anytime soon. Uh, Phoenix is traveling to Loudon. Loudon, they're three nine and two. Not necessarily a, uh, you know, the, the, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, but I still a must win game. Do you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that anything less than a win in Loudon really casts doubts on whether this team is going in the right direction. For sure, for sure. All right, Owen. Well, thank you for your insights. Let's take a quick break and talk about our friends at OG. So if you guys haven't yet, you guys need to try OG's brands. Uh, If you're interested in trying their amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's brands has to offer, you guys can go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. I'm going to, I'm going to need to, to go on the website after this. If, uh, if rising lose again on Saturday, man, like <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I, like you and You're I just were talking up ready. I need to stock up. Yeah, yeah. I'm making some changes. That's why my lighting looks a little bit differently. I was telling you that I was gonna, I got a new desk, you know, and I think I just need to to relax with some OGs after. You know uh, what I'm school. hearing? You know what I'm hearing? You do What's owe up? us an OGs show. That is true. Maybe the post game. So it's an yeah, early game. So it's an early game. Sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds great to me. I think you should do it. I think you should do it. Chat, right. let us know. Should he do it? Yeah, chat, let me know if you want me to do it. I'll I'll see. 
do, do I need to take it on, like on camera? Is that allowed? Is that legal? Or should I do it after, before? <laughs> but uh, but regardless, on YouTube, of course you can do it. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, yeah. So just uh, remember, guys. So yeah, let me know. Let me know in the chat. We'll put it on Twitter as well. But uh, if you guys want to get your own OGs, you guys can go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OGs near you. Um, all right, Owen, let's talk a little bit about the USL action. Uh, a lot of action this past weekend, and there's actually Wednesday's game. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about those as well a little bit. So any any results from this past weekend that kind of caught your eye a little bit? Vegas, 3-0 of Orange County. Vegas had kind of trailed off mm-hmm. a little bit, I feel. They, they stumbled a bit. Um, yeah. They'd had that early season success, and yet by the end, they weren't quite, you know, they, mm-hmm. they just weren't firing in the same way they were early doors. And then they get that result, which is a, a big look. I know in Orange County have struggled a little bit, but 3 nil is a statement, no matter who yeah. you do it against. 3 nil is mm-hmm. a statement. Uh, I think there's also worth noting, if we take a look, Detroit City losing 2 nil at home to Sacramento. To me, that's, that's a statement for Sacramento mm-hmm. uh, because Detroit have been good at home. Um, against all kinds of opposition. So mm-hmm. to go in there, take a 2-0 win, big for them to show that they still have credentials to do well in the Western Conference. And then mm-hmm. the real shocker, you know what the real shocker is in here, surely. Is it, uh, well, you're not, you're not going to say Atlanta, right? Is it Charleston? Uh, yeah. Charleston Battery Pittsburgh. 3, yeah. Pittsburgh Riverhams nil. Come on, Pittsburgh. I talked about your your. See, I think we're having like a little bit of a PHNX Rising Show curse because every time we talk about the a team, they just go and lose the next week. Because I, I complimented Pittsburgh's uh, 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 field and stadium over there, and then they go and lose to Charleston. Come on. You know what? I think that Loudon are great. Uh, I think we should talk about how great Loudon are and see if it works. Right? I hate them. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. <laughs> they were. I was complimenting early in the season, but yeah, um, yeah. The, oh, let me see. Oh. Lambert's on the field. I don't know. Some breaking news here. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, he's on the pitch. I mean, he's being looked at by the by the training staff. But, yeah, great week of USL action. Um, well, tomorrow there's going to be three games. Uh, and like you were talking about earlier, Owen, that some of these games have implications for rising. So definitely going to want to keep uh, turn on ESPN Plus tomorrow and check out some of these games. We have Hartford versus Memphis. Uh, the Baby Bulls uh, hosting Tulsa. Uh, Oakland against New Mexico United and then LA Galaxy 2 hosting Monterey uh, Union. So, yeah, that Oakland, New Mexico and Galaxy, Monterey, those are the ones to to keep an eye out. Let's take a look while we're on that then. Going over to our usual betting corner. DraftKings. Let's talk about the odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook (laughs) app. So, if you think that Rising will be below the playoff line tomorrow... Great news! You can get minus 115 on LA Galaxy 2 to get the win at home, and that will drop rising below the playoff line uh, because LA Galaxy 2 currently hold the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker being, first one being head-to-head, so on head-to-head goal differential, rising beat LA Galaxy 2 3-1 at home. Then they went away to LA Galaxy 2, and they lost 3-0. So Galaxy 2 owns the tiebreaker over rising. If they win tomorrow, they're level on points, which means that they will overtake rising. Uh, they're at the moment minus 115 on DraftKings. Now, here's the interesting one. If you think you can call this Oakland Roots hosting New Mexico United, uh, again, Oakland with a win would overtake Phoenix Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oakland at the moment plus 140, New Mexico plus 145. 
Ooh, so even. these two sides did end in a draw the last time they met over in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty even there. So speaking of pretty even as well, New York Red Bulls 2 against FC Tulsa. Red Bulls 2 at the moment, plus 140. Tulsa at plus 150. Oof. You take Tulsa there, surely. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. What's the what's the Memphis one? How's that looking? I think Memphis is going to have a Memphis, little bit of an edge. Right? I think Memphis are going to take that. But at the moment, while they are favorites, you can still get plus money on that game. Plus 120, Memphis 901. Yeah, I, I think I should have listened to Michael a couple weeks ago because I lost I lost some money on those midweek games. You never know what's gonna happen, man. That's the that's the theme by USL, especially midweek. So we'll crazy, see. We'll crazy see. stuff in midweek. Crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. But and go on, then can... give me one prediction. One prediction of something bold, not just uh, a score. Or give me a score or uh, who's I gonna think... win by how many goals? Come on, give me something. I, I think some Monterey tie with Galaxy. You I think that's... Monterey gonna draw? Mm-hmm. That's score draw or no score draw, do you think? A score draw. It's gonna kind of like a one-one, I think. Something like that. Okay. Well, I'm being daft and I can't immediately find that. But draw is plus two seventy. So there you go. That's my pick of the week. That's what know. he's going with. Michael, go ahead and bet on it and let me know what happens. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys are looking to get in the action with DraftKings, you guys can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during. Uh, well, right now, it's kind of towards the end of the NBA Finals, and you guys can get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Uh, I Thomas see that... Uh... Thomas, yes, yeah, sorry. Thomas saying 2-0 to Oakland win. Uh, just so you know, that's plus 1,300 at the moment. So there we go. That's the kind of that's hey, the Thomas. kind of bravery that we want here. Hey, drinks on Thomas, man, after the game. Drinks on he, Thomas. Uh, if, he, if he wins that, drinks he hits, on Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a little update on Lambert. Uh, he played 82 minutes against Mexico, and so far they're still tied in uh, the 82nd minute. So good game there by Lambert. I'm glad to see him starting for Jamaica. I know there's been kind of some issues there, and I know the players were uh, doing a little bit of uh, having an issue with the federation. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad he's getting you know uh, some starts here, and hopefully he can continue to get called up. Always we'll dramatic with the Jamaican <laughs> Football Federation. Always more drama. Always fun. Always fun. Um, as far as the rest of the USL games, we'll talk about those on the Thursday show, um, and we'll let you know what we think. Um, some news to kind of wrap up the show here, Owen. Um, our favorite team, New Mexico United, actually were able to reschedule a game. Wait, uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. I, saw I it thought on they didn't reschedule anything. That's what they told me. They said, Ramon, look, I know you were looking for, forward to that game. I know you want the A squad for Phoenix Rising, but unfortunately, it's nothing for the rest of the season. I'm sorry, our, our hands are tied. I'm like, okay, it's okay, New Mexico United. We'll let you get that win, but... Yeah, apparently they're able to do it. So uh, they rescheduled their game uh, against LA Galaxy 2. And uh, the official Phoenix Rising FC account said, uh, after the news came out of the reschedule, Mom, I swear I looked everywhere and I didn't find an open date. It's not there. And Mom says, we rescheduled the date. So, yeah, not not a good look here, Owen. What's what's going on here? Uh I mean, you know what? I've seen it put forward by a podcast from New Mexico that the actual date for this was already kind of on the on the calendar to reschedule. This game had been supposed to be rescheduled prior to the issues that Rising had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were just waiting for league approval. But 
even if that's true, all it does is raise questions. How does the league take like that long to, you know, approve something and yet can't within 36 hours order that Rising have to play again with a COVID decimated mm-hmm. squad? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I tweeted about this. I, I got some reactions, but yeah, it's just. it's upsetting man like i think it just makes the league look really bad first of all and you basically handed new mexico three points which in no way is fair uh to any organization not just because it's rising but it's it's not a good look at all just touches a nerve doesn't it it touches a nerve for people for sure uh another uh big uh bombshell that dropped today uh from usl is that kobe henry from orange county uh, he's moving on to France, uh, France uh, to League One. So uh, seven hundred thousand dollar transfer, Owen. So when you hear those kind of figures, especially with USL, uh, with the USL Championship, what do you? You know, we've seen these transfers happening a little bit more daily. We saw it uh, with Diego Luna from El Paso a few weeks ago. Now, given that one was only two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand. Um, but this one's like 700,000 plus Orange County will receive a percentage of any future transfer, uh, free, uh, fee if, uh, Henry is to move. So what are your thoughts on these, this huge moves <laughs> coming out of uh, USL? I wonder if people quite grasp how big that is from a USL perspective, right? Yeah. These guys, a lot of them are on contracts of around about 50 grand. You just yeah. sold someone for 700. Think about what that buys you. Just yeah. seriously. And even look, it's not necessarily even just about investing heavily in, in bigger name players, but just think about what that buys you in terms of just keeping the club going, you know, mm-hmm. especially in yeah. as much as, as much as we like to, you know, pretend as though USL is now far more stable than it was. And it is more stable than it was, mm-hmm. but it's not stable. You know, every season it feels as though we have a team or two that, that don't make it to the next year. Um, and I mean, you know, just to take recent examples, guys like Fresno, Reno, mm-hmm. you know, these teams that just don't make it. I mean, Austin isn't working and hence they had to, had to you know, sell the team effectively and, and now look like they're moving them up to Fort Worth. So I, there's a lot to a lot to be said for just bringing in money like that and the the benefit that does for your club, even just stabilizing. Not even thinking about how much of it you could you could invest. Yeah, no, and I I, I love to see these moves. Uh, uh, if you guys weren't aware, and I, I to be honest with you guys, I wasn't really aware of of uh, uh, Kobe Henry uh, being part of uh, Orange County or, or getting that many minutes, but he was able to get a call up to the U.S. Men's National Team in December, and then he went on trial. Uh, with uh, rhymes, I'm home. I'm. I hope I'm saying that correct. Rem, Rem. There you go. Um, and then during that spell, that's uh, that's when they decided to pull the trigger on that transfer. So it's it's good to see. You know, we saw that with Jonathan Gomez uh, with Louisville uh, this last uh, uh, last season. So it's it's great to see. I think there's scouts out there, man. There's scouts looking, you know, all the way down to the USL Championship. And I'm I'm not saying it's like fourth or fifth division, but it's there's good quality players here, especially young players, and and we've seen that in the U.S. national team that a lot of them have experience in USL, and so I think it's a good look for the league, and I think it's just going to continue to happen. So, and it also helps the fact that contracts in USL are just that bit more flexible than a MLS one. So people do come in knowing if they want to move to Europe when they're 18, but get a bit of professional experience in before then. Yeah, that 
USL is becoming the league to go to for that for kids here because mm-hmm. MLS rules just aren't as friendly to those kind of moves. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about some World Cup news. World Cup, uh, the World Cup field is set. Uh, Australia defeated Peru in penalties. I don't know if you got to see that game, Owen, but oh, I oh that daft goalkeeper now. Hate that no. goalkeeper, man. That was. I mean, he did his job, which is you know he was substituted in we- to do that. We have to talk about two things here. Number one is that the one penalty that goes against the post. To be clear, the goalkeeper was off his line when it was taken, which yeah. normally, normally would be fine because we, you know, it doesn't matter if the goalkeeper's off their line if it doesn't impact the goal, the, the kicker. Mm-hmm. And that law change came in a couple of years ago. The problem is, is that the entire movement to me is impacting the kicker. Yeah, he was um, moving in and out, and I saw the rest yeah. to him twice, but. After the third time, I'm like, you need to do something. Give him a yellow or something because it's. It, I, I think it was clearly affecting the 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 play. And then the other thing to note there is on the final one, which he did save, was he on the line when he, you know, uh, when the shot is taken? Yes. Mm-hmm. However, do we need to refer to Law 14 and bring up the nice little gray area that in procedure mm-hmm. it says that the goalkeeper must remain on the line. So what we're getting into then is a question of between the signal being given for the kick to be taken until the kick is taken, the mm-hmm. keeper should really be remaining on the line. Yeah. And by coming off his line, which he did before he then jumps back, is he it's complicated. And and these are questions which the IFAB really needs to deal with. Unfortunately, they can't because their AGM took place the same day as that game beforehand and, and they they take a while anyway to, to think yeah. about these things but but they something that i think we should look to see the ifab address in future years because yeah. realistically as fun as it might be to some people you look at that and you just feel like it made a mockery of it didn't it yeah. i mean like yeah. it's there's, there's there's distraction there's gamesmanship right we've all seen that every Every shootout, you'll get the occasional one where a goalkeeper will walk up. They'll walk up to where the taker is, and the referee effectively walks them back and says, "Don't you do that again?" You know, you get your one chance, one yeah. chance to get in someone's mind. The referee mm-hmm. says, "You don't do it again," because the next time you get in a card. But mm-hmm. but the jumping around is daft. It, it's yeah. just. I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's like, well, you know, respect the uh, unwritten or unspoken rules of the game. I don't care about that. But it was just annoying to see as as a viewer. And I, like you're saying that I feel like there were numerous rule violations there as well. And I think there was one time where he actually picked up the ball away from the Peruvian kicker and then just was holding on to the ball and the ref didn't say anything. So th- those are the frustrating things, especially because it's uh, another Latin America team that's not going to be able to go to the World Cup. Uh, but today, Costa Rica did defeat New Zealand one to zero. Much better game than the one from Australia uh, against Peru. Um yeah, I felt like New Zealand was the better team. They had the, the most opportunities. Costa Rica just got that that goal in the third minute and just ha- they hung on to the lead. So uh, the the World Cup field is set. Thirty two teams. The last time we'll see thirty two teams. Owen, how, how do you feel about that? Oh, it's weird, right? Because everyone will say, "Well, thirty two is the perfect number," but of course, the World Cup hasn't been thirty two teams for most of its history. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. Um, I know that obviously there's a lot of excitement about twenty six. Um, 
26 World Cup, that is not the number of teams. Yeah. Uh, when it'll oh, yeah. expand to 48 because, of course, it's coming to the US, Canada, Mexico. Venue announcement coming on Thursday. Phoenix isn't in the running, but if you are interested in that, I might be able to get you some information as it goes along. Mm. Uh, rumor has it I might be in New York. Um, mm. But <laughs> it's, you know, I, I I don't know. We'll see. It, it It's the last one of it just kind of really hitting... Probably what what most of us grew up with, for those of us mm-hmm. on the youngest side of, of a World Cup being. Um, but obviously, again, there's, the World Cup has been through so many different formats over the years that yeah. who really knows. I was just a fan of it. It's just, it's it's nice and concrete. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's all set up for you. And uh, expanding to 48, I think dilutes the pool and the quality of play. So. I'm not a fan of that. And then we're also seeing changes in the Champions League in a couple of years. They're going to some Swiss model, which I still don't understand. So it's, it's just, I feel like a lot of unnecessary changes here. But, yeah, hopefully hopefully it's for the better. So uh, 159 days away. Just a little heads up for everybody. So Counting down. Counting down the yeah. days. November 21st. Um, and then just to wrap up the show, tomorrow there actually there is an event at the uh, four with Rising, the, the club at Four Peaks Brewing Company in Tempe. So do you want to talk a little bit about that, Owen? Yeah, so uh, while we're on it, we'll just point out the fact that Four Peaks is also the official beer of PHNX. But um, yeah, Rick will be there. Uh, the club is apparently buying people beers, and Rick will be there if you want to chat with Rick. So uh, probably hit that up if you're feeling so inclined. I don't know if Rick really likes me, so otherwise I would really <laughs> I would go. <laughs> Maybe I'll just hang in the corner. I'm like, hey, man, it's because there's there are sponsors. No, I'm just kidding. Look, if he uh, tolerates me being around, then he's probably not got a problem with you, Ramon. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, he'll be there from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. The first 100 fans will receive a beer on Rising. After your first round, you can get $2 beers courtesy of Four, Pre- Four Peaks Brewing Company. So, yeah, shout out to them. You know, not only because they're our sponsor, but that's actually pretty cool that they're doing that. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking to get down there to Tempe, 5.30 to 7.30, and you can speak to head coach Rick Shantz. Maybe some players might show up. Some I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't, don't go checking that no. out there. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but, yeah, let me know. If uh, anybody in the chat's going, let me know if uh, any other players go. All right, y'all, that wraps up the show for today. It's a bit of a long one. We actually went the full hour right now. We but Let's not forget uh, one other thing. One other thing but quickly go before it, we go. Go for, it, go for it. Not forget. It's, hang on a minute. It's a bit tangled up. Wait, wait, this is coming. It's coming. It's coming. coming. Yeah, we got the scarves. Right. (laughs) Woo. That's right. If you guys haven't purchased your PHNX Rising scarf, they're available right now. Right now. So after the show, go. Uh, PHNXlocker.com. You guys can get your very own summer weight supporter scarf. So they're very lightweight. You can still wear them to the games, even though it's 100 and 1,520 out there. And they look awesome. That's that's awesome. That uh, uh, so the the person that's modeling, she actually works at the DNVR office. So thank you. Oh, don't give that away. Don't let people know that we've. That we're no, actually... I was just saying thank you for that. You know, they, they didn't want us modeling, so they, they let her. They're do gonna it. think it's an astroturf campaign now. <laughs> but yeah, you guys can support us here at PHNX Rising by buying one of these scarves again at phnxlocker.com. And again, guys, if you guys get us to 650 followers, which we're 50 away now, but we're 49. Where are we at? Uh, Less than that. 48, I think, away. 48, yeah. So if you guys get us to 650, I'll go ahead and do 49, it. 49, actually. There you go. 49. So 49 more followers. I'll give away a scarf. I'll personally hand deliver it or mail it to you. That way you guys can 
can model it yourself. So, uh, and again, you guys can follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore underscore rising. Double the underscores, double the fun. That's right. It's back. He didn't want to say it last time, but he did it no, today. I didn't want to say it on Saturday night. <laughs> no yeah yeah i understand uh we will return on thursday y'all so uh we're gonna come back with a preview of the Loudon game on saturday that's gonna be at 4 30 so it's gonna be an early game here in arizona uh we hope just to see a heads up yes just sir a heads up as well that thursday show will be an hour later we'll be going at seven not at six so please just remember that if you tune in at six you're gonna be sitting around for an hour yeah sorry sorry about that thank owen for that change actually but no, I'm just kidding. He has some good stuff going on, so he'll let you know. Uh, thank you, Bonnie, for tuning in. Thomas, Michael, everybody. Uh, Josh, I, I saw you here at the beginning. Always appreciate you uh, being part of the PHNX uh, shows. And, uh, yeah, we will see you on Thursday. Until then, be well and stay safe. See you later.